DNVR, and we are live from Studio A, a classic RK and Zach week here, uh, throwing it back to the olden days here Throw on the back. podcast. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yes, live from Studio A, the A stands for... Um, alternative? Oh, nice. <laughs> I love that. The A stands for alternative, as in alternative method for building a coaching staff, and that is what Nathaniel Hackett is using. I have yet to process my feelings about this. So I'm using today as like a therapy session. Mm, good, um, good. It's, it's me, it's you, it's the people. Yeah. We're going to kind of hash this out. I have a lot of feelings I need to talk about. Yeah. And I'm hoping by the end of our discussion, I can have an opinion one way or the other on how I feel about this coaching staff. But first, I want to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. And boy, do they have a lot to offer. 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs are something for everyone over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Ryan, what is up? Pumped to be doing this one-two podcast. And uh, like you said, Nathaniel Hackett is going about building this coaching staff a very different way than typically NFL teams do and the complete opposite way that Vic Fangio built his staff. The Broncos couldn't be doing a more 180 from last coaching staff to this coaching staff. And on the surface, I say, good. Great. I love it. And like James in the comment section says, excited and worried at the same damn time about this coaching staff. And you know what? Uh, You had the mixed emotions now. You're still not sure which way. Right before the show, uh, Super Producer Kale and I were talking, and I said, I think I flipped in how I feel about this. And we may not agree about this. Let's, Let's walk through this. And what we mean about the coaching staff being built completely different Ryan, the Broncos' old coaching staff, Vic Fangio, yes, was a first-time head coach. He had over 30 years of experience in the NFL coaching. Vic at Donatel had uh, over 20 years. Pat Shermer had over 20 years. Tom McMahon. Mike Munchak. Yep, exactly. Tom McMahon was the least experienced coordinator that the Broncos had on that last staff. He had 15 years of NFL experience. He has 15 years of NFL experience. And the several most, years of coordinating experience. Exactly. The most experienced uh, most experienced coordinator, including the head coach on this new staff, has 14 years of NFL experience. So literally every single person with a top-ranking job on this staff has less experience than the least experienced one last time. It's, it's really interesting. And look, early on, I was like, yeah, like let's do this. Mm. Um, I love this. It's getting like more and more obscure the further we go down the list. And I have to admit, it gives me a little bit of pause. Here, I guess, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, let's, start, let's get the bad out of the way. 
No. Uh, I'm going good news. I'm a good news first guy. You are like my fiance. Which color? That one. I'm going to go with the other one. All right. Why did you ask? I wanted to know your opinion just so I could go the other way. You know, you kind of, you kind of, after, after so many years together, you kind of feel like me, my fiance. You know? Oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I should, you know, fully have the, the wedding. <laughs> yes, exactly. But she had to wait longer than me. Um, okay. I'm going good news first. I have to give Nathaniel Hackett the benefit of the doubt here because I'm the give me the young guys guy. Um, so it would be disingenuous of me to all these years say, stop going with these old dinosaurs and give me some youth and some energy and some mm -hmm. excitement. Mm -hmm. it, it would it would be wrong for me to sit here now and be like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> right. This staff is a joke. Yeah. Where's the experience? It just doesn't add up. So there is a big part of me. And, and, I, and what do I always say also? Don't just do stuff because it's the way that other people do it. It's, like, it's the biggest um sin of the nfl yep. is everyone looks around they're like well no one's ever done that before vic fangio i can't coach from the box right. no one's yep. ever done that before yep. well guess what now you're you know i guess getting paid to sit on your couch which is a good deal <laughs> yeah. um, but you're, you know you'd probably rather still be the head you got coach fired the broncos yep. you got fired because well maybe it wouldn't have worked but i just don't understand how you don't try no. so I'm not going to sit here and bash Nathaniel Hackett for having a different view on things. I don't think this is a case where he can't attract any good coaches to come coach with him. I think he has a very alternative way of looking at things and saying, I don't think it has to be done the way that everyone does it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. It just matters. Can you connect with young people and can you teach them? And do you know your craft and can that work? So the good news for me is Nathaniel Hackett is doing something I've before this whole happened, I probably would have said, this is what they should do. Mm -hmm. Now I would have gone a little more experienced, but he's leaning all the way into his brand, which is we're young, we're exciting. We're making this a fun place to work with other young people. And I respect him a lot for that. And you have a lot of guys that he's taken from the college ranks. Look at one of the guys the Broncos brought from the college ranks before. Zach Azani, straight from the college ranks. Zero NFL experience when they hired him in 2018. He's now lasted through Vance Joseph's staff. He's lasted through Vic Fangio's staff. And he's only one of two holdovers on this staff showing that Okay, you can you can take a swing at some college guys. There's no doubt that this staff is too inexperienced. There's just no doubt about it. It is way too inexperienced because seven of the 11 guys, and when I talk about these 11 guys, I'm talking about Nathaniel Hackett, his three coordinators, and which two of them are going to be finalized in the next 48 hours or so, and then all of the position coaches. So that's pretty much the top-line coaches, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care about the assistants below them. Seven of the 11 guys have never done their job before. Yeah. They've been assistant offensive line coaches, and now they're being bumped up to offensive line coaches. They've never done their job before, including Nathaniel Hackett, including your offensive coordinator, including your defensive coordinator. Between your three coordinators and your head coach, one year of coordinating experience. It's just wild. So you can't convince me that they have experience. They absolutely don't. But I don't view it as a bad thing, Ryan. Well, let me just say this. I take issue with you saying too inexperienced. Mm -hmm. Because what's the what's the end of that sentence? To an experience, to to do their job, to 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 be competent at their job without but, any hiccups. I don't think that's true. 
Um, and, and so to me, the sentence would be too inexperienced to succeed. Okay. And that's just, we, we can't know that. And so that's why I'm saying give, I'm giving full benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty. But I have to give the but. If this doesn't work, it looks really bad. And it's going to be really easy to point back to today and say, everyone should have saw this coming. Yes. And we can't go through this conversation without acknowledging that. If this thing goes south, we're going to look back and say, like, I'll probably be calling it Nathaniel Hackett and his clown car of assistance. Right. You know, yeah. like, just pack them all in there. It doesn't, doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter if they've ever done the job before. And, oh, you put together a staff of a bunch of people who'd never done their job before and they weren't good at that job. No, you know, no crap. Uh, so we have to acknowledge that. But I will give them the benefit of the doubt. And I love the fact that Nathaniel Hackett isn't saying I got I'm I finally got this opportunity. Got to make sure I do things the way that it's been done before. No, right. he's saying I got this opportunity. I'm about to do this my way. Yep. And that fires me up. But I, I, it would be, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, it's great. That's, everything's 100% awesome. You know, anyone who says you need experience is crazy. We don't know. I, no one's ever done this before. Mm -hmm. This is the most, in, I, I, I can't confirm this. Sure. But I'm fairly certain this is the most inexperienced NFL coaching staff in history. Mm -hmm. So, no, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But... I like that he's taking a swing on what he wants to do. His guys, people that he trusts, people that he wants in his building. If it doesn't work, it's going to look terrible. It's going to look terrible. And uh, Eric coming in, correct me, Azani did have one year in the NFL with the Bears, so I apologize for that. But pretty much straight yep. out of college. And Ryan, I'm taking a complete opposite look at this. You pointed to the good and said, but... There's the potential for the bad. I'm saying he is too inexperienced. When Sean McVay was hired to be the Rams head coach, he was straight up too inexperienced. But with that being too inexperienced, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Because what I think this means is a very high ceiling, which again is hard to categorize, mm -hmm. but a very low floor. And I'm okay with it. In fact, I mm. love that there is not a high floor. Because you know what Vic Fangio's coaching staff had? It had a pretty high floor, and we saw that. Five the, wins. The, the, yeah, the, the worst the Broncos were, 5-11 and 11 under Vic Fangio. Nah, it's not a super high floor, but I think this coaching staff, when you just look at it, has a lower floor, and you know where the worst place to be in the NFL is? It's where the Denver Broncos have been under Vance Joseph. It's where the Broncos have been under Vic Fangio. It's being, okay, we, we talked about last year. This team, regardless of who the starting quarterback was, was is too good to be bad. Yep. Now... Not quite so sure about mm. that. I think this team, and especially with the quarterback situation in limbo, could be pretty bad. And Ryan, it's not the worst thing for this team to bottom out this year. How, oh. However, let's say they swing for the fences, and with this swing of going completely young, they hit. That's fantastic. You know what the Broncos will turn into? They'll turn into a breeding ground uh, of young coaches to be hired away. That's great. As much as we didn't want uh, Dan Quinn to be in here and then have Mike McDaniel be the offensive coordinator because then he's going to be plucked away after one good season, uh, that's what you want at the end of the day. And especially since Nathaniel Hackett is an offensive head coach, you'd love that. Come take Justin out, and it means good things are happening. Or you bottom out just like the Cincinnati Bengals did. Yeah. But George Payton says, 
I believe in Nathaniel Hackett. I believe in this staff. Look, we had a lot of rookie issues, maybe at our quarterback position, also with our coaching staff. Get all of that out of the way in one year. That's what we did not see with Vic, with Vance Joseph. Remember, he was stuck with the coordinator. Then he, as Vance was getting maybe some rookie mistakes out of the way his first year, then he was able to bring in his guy, and then his guy had some rookie mistakes, and it just never added up. At least yeah. everything's adding up right now, so everything can get out of the way. And one more thing, you look at these two coaching staffs that we're in the Super Bowl. And sure, that's not everything. Zach Taylor, first-time head coach. Sean McVay, first-time head coach. In terms of this being their first teams that they've led. When Sean, the, the coaching staff that Sean McVay has right now, Kevin O'Connell, his offensive coordinator, one year of, of coordinating experience before joining the Rams. His defensive coordinator, one year of defensive coordinating experience. His, def- his special teams coordinator, tons of experience. Don't really care about that. Zach Taylor, his offensive coordinator, Zero years mm. of offensive coordinator experience. His defensive coordinator, one interim year of defensive coordinator experience. So Hackett's saying it's worked for some teams. Why can't I try it? Yep. And here's what I think is the most important thing to Nathaniel Hackett and why I think he's doing it this way. Buy-in. He needs his yeah. coaching staff to buy into the vision. And when you have dinosaurs uh and you know uh boulders and you know redwood trees on your coaching staff um there's a chance that they're gonna say come on man yep get the stick get the shtick out of here i'm uh, this is so lame yep and you can't have that you cannot have someone pulling in the other direction in any successful you know endeavor Mm -hmm. and so nathaniel hackett saying look I got to get, what did you, you say, 11, 12? Yep, 11. I got to get 11 guys, just like in football, yep. going in the same direction. Yep. And he's saying, I don't really care what they've done before. Uh, you know, to an extent, he's not hiring you or me to go coach running backs. We'd probably be in a little in over our heads. I haven't got the call yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's saying, I don't care what, you know, what level they've done it at. Right. Do they believe in me? Mm-hmm. they believe in my vision mm-hmm. and if we're all on that same side of the rope pulling the same way i think my vision works mm-hmm. and i kind of i kind of like it mm-hmm. i kind of like that about him because again like it, he is a little sticky mm-hmm. um not to the extent of like a college co- coach he's not you know pj fleck row the boat whatever right, right um but he has a brand it's high energy. It's high excitement. It's make things a little more fun, a little more corny. Yeah. Um, and that can't work if you've got your other assistant coaches rolling their eyes. Yeah. And like, you know, I could see a scenario where some coaches, based on the way they are, like talking shit behind his back. Yeah. Saying, God, this guy is so lame. And, yep. and in the room, you know, with their players, and then you create doubt there, and it just, it's a cycle. So if he gets everyone pulling in the same direction, they're in, they're also high energy They're They want to do the fun, you know, um, PowerPoint presentations and all that stuff. I think it can really work. And I like the fact that he's saying, I'd rather have someone who buys into the way I want to do it than someone who I know has been successful at what they do at this level 
because I think that's more important than that. Now, one of the things is he is getting guys that are just like him, and it's guys that he has connections to mm -hmm. in the past. So does that nepotism, which some people who want to view this in a negative way are calling it, does that concern you? Look, uh, the defensive coordinator is, is Nathaniel Hacks, one of his best friends in life. Does that concern you? Is that something that we should say, oh, boy, this is just going back to, you know, his him bringing his guys in? You know what concerns me is when half the coaching staff is complaining about the head coach, which is what happened after Vic Fangio's first year. Mm. Um, you know, it was – Yep. He's there, to, you know, he's there at all hours of the day, and he expects us to be there at all hours of the day too, which coach, and if, you know, coaches at any level – are there ridiculous hours. They're there at 5 a.m. and they maybe leave at 8 p.m. But Vic Fangio is like a there at 5 a.m. leave at midnight type of guy. Mm -hmm. And these guys, you know, he didn't have a wife and kids to go back to. These guys did. And it, and it, it obviously that's going to wear thin on you working, you know, 15-hour days. You don't get to see right. your family at all. It was that. It was he grunts and rolls his eyes at everything we do if he doesn't like it. Um, he never really addresses it directly, just passive-aggressively makes comments about it in meetings in front of us. That concerns me. Do I love the nepotism thing? No. Don't love it. But if you're, if you're surrounding yourself with people that you like and they like you, and again, they're in on the mission, then I think it can really work. Again... If it goes bad, it looks bad. Oh, you brought in all your buddies from college. Mm -hmm. Sick. Yep. Your little fraternity house at Dove Valley. <laughs> yep. uh, congratulations. You went, you know, 2-14 and 14 or 2-15. Yep. And, um, and, and to be fair, your worst-case scenario thing, which actually isn't worst-case scenario, but in terms of wins worst-case right. scenario, right. it's going to still elicit that. People are going to be roasting Nathaniel Hackett of course. if it goes that far south. People would be calling him to get fired. Yes. But you get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, yep. uh, and then all of a sudden your fates, your fortunes have changed. Yep. Then you're in the Super Bowl one year <laughs> later, and uh, you're looking at a contract extension. My last question with this is, man, the thing that I think we could be looking back on, just like we talked about yesterday, is an instructional designer, John Vieria, who was officially announced as the instructional designer by the Broncos about two minutes ago. Uh, I think that's something that we could be looking back on and saying, Hackett brought in a very inexperienced staff, and his answer to that was, we're going to bring a guy in to coach the coaches. That is something where I don't want to buy in too much to mm. that right now, personally. I like it. Um, I actually, it's one of my favorite moves of the whole oh, thing. Oh, okay, convince me. Uh, because, you know what they say, the biggest job of the coach is coaching the coaches. Um, so why would you not bring in help on that? Uh, I don't know what Vieria's background is, but I'm sure it's a little bit more, you know, psychology and yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which Tad Boyle, one of the coaches who I admire the most of anyone I've ever been around, always says, if I could go back, I would, um, I would have majored in college in psychology because mm. that's my biggest job mm. is managing and understanding people. Okay. Um, okay. You're selling so, me on it. So I love the idea. It's like, what's you know, what's one of the biggest jobs of the coach on game day? Managing the clock. Right. What do we always say? Have an extra coach in there helping you manage the mm -hmm. clock. Who That's all they have to worry about. Yeah. So I like this idea of, hey, this is a really important job. Why would I not bring in help for it? And something else that Nathaniel Hackett did, Derek Haithcock was also just announced as assistant to the head coach. No other title. 
assistant to the head coach. You know what that tells me? Potential game management. And mm. I love that. I absolutely love that. And he he's kind of making up positions. Um, assistant to the head coach. Typically, you're brought in as like a special uh, defensive uh, assistant and yeah, and assistant to the head coach. And so you're obviously going to be on the defensive side during game day. This there's no other commitment there. Instructional designer. That's not a position. He's making that up. He's doing things his way, which I really like. He's not saying, okay, we fired two guys. I need to replace two guys. Yeah. He's saying, I need to create new positions, and I, I do really like that. I really like it too. And, again, it's him sitting there during his time as a coach saying, I don't think that everyone's doing this the right way. If I were the guy in charge, I would have done it differently. And, clearly, he sold George Payton on this vision. And that, to me, is one of the bigger reasons for optimism. George Payton's been around a long time, too. He's seen it done certain ways. And the fact that Nathaniel Hackett came in and said, and I assume this type of stuff was discussed in the interview, right? where Nathaniel Hackett said, I'm not going to do it like everyone else. I want to coach for the coaches. Yep. Because those guys need instruction, too, and I might not always have enough time for it. You know, uh, here in Green Bay, I feel like Matt doesn't have enough time to coach the coaches right maybe once in a while he pops in and gives you a little bit of feedback but i'd love to have someone to do that i need you know an assistant head coach that's the only title um now we've seen like vance had his assistant um i don't know but he did have like a separate title right uh rob um yeah great dude yeah um <laughs> roberto some yes say. As, some, as some called him <laughs> um so i love that 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 he was able to sell george payton on this as you know, I just tried to do with Vieira to you. Like that's what he did. He sold George Payton on that, and George Payton said, "That makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yep. I like the way that you're doing this. Yep. Let's try something new. Let's try something different." And you know what? Someone tried something at some point in some time that revolutionized everything. Yep. Um, someone was probably the first to have an offensive coordinator. Right. Right. You know? Obviously, someone was the first to ever throw a forward pass. Yep. Um, <laughs> so there are, you know. There, this could be a, a something that if it works, every single person has their coach coach. Yep. Um, and it's going to sound silly unless it works. Yep. When it works, it's going to be good. And if it doesn't work, we'll have a lot of material to roast roast him for on we're, the podcast. We're, it's going to be just like we said with the 76ers guy they brought in. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, they did that. Clearly that didn't work. That was a stupid move. Yep, exactly. So – I'm intrigued. This is maybe the most on the fence I've ever been about any topic we've ever discussed here. I don't I don't have a hard line answer for you. I don't know. You know you know what I like though, Ryan, and it's something we talk about betting occasionally. You've advised me this on betting. Sometimes the 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 best things are the ones that make you feel uncomfortable because you know what? You're trying something new. You're trying something different. I agree with you. I haven't seen a staff this inexperienced ever. Maybe there has been, but for the most part, he's going out on a limb here and it could either end in absolute disaster and we're just going to be sitting here saying, what the heck was he thinking? Why didn't we kill him then? You know, we had our questions then. Uh, or we could be saying, he went out on a limb and it worked out. And that's probably, this all is probably a huge reason why Nathaniel Hackett sold himself to George Payton over Dan Quinn. Yeah. I have to imagine Imagine Dan Quinn said, I'm going to bring in an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I'm going to keep Ed Donatel. I'm going to keep some of these guys around. And it, it's just going to be, instead of a, a rebuild, it's going to be a reload and we're going to be right there. And that's maybe what he thought George Payton wanted to hear. 
But instead, and I love that George Payton had his ears open. He said, let's do something different. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I always want different, which is why I think Mm -hmm. if you made me pick right now, I'd say I like this. And you know what? If you're Nathaniel Hackett and it all comes crashing down, at least you get to say I did it my way. Yep. Yep, exactly. You you say, I had an idea. I went out. I said, F it. I'm going to try it. And it didn't work, but I can sleep at night knowing I tried to do it my way. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I felt bad for Vance Joseph at times as being the Broncos head coach Mm -hmm. because he failed – and he didn't fail because of entirely himself. He failed because people in the organization said, said you're going to do it this way. Who knows if he agreed with that? Yeah. But he didn't get to fail on his own. He failed because other people failed him. Now, it seems like George Payton's saying, bud, you get to survive on your own or you get to fail on your own. Which I love. And obviously, George Payton is going to give him the resources that he needs. Yep. Um, and say, you know. Uh, give him hell, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, one thing that I promise you won't fail is coming to the DNVR bar. Yeah. Uh, if you come down here, it's just not going to be a failure. Uh, it's going to be an abject success. Um, you're you're going to come down here. You're going to run into some fellow Denver sports fans that you might know from Twitter. Uh, and you're going to have a great conversation about the Broncos or the Nuggets or the Buffs or whoever. Um, then you might run into one of us. You might see super producer Kale hanging out down there. You mm-hmm. might say hi to him. Uh, you're going to talk with us about it. You're going to watch a game. You're going to have an ice-cold beer and a 22-ounce glass as a DNVR member. Uh, and you're just going to have a blast. So, no, you know, we do do things a little differently here, just like uh, Nathaniel Hackett. That's for but sure. But no chance of failure. <laughs> no chance of failure. And there's no chance of failure when someone's going to give you $150 in free money. And that's what our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook are doing. And Ryan, I've got a DraftKings pick of the week. But first, I got to tell you about how to just load your bank account to then load up on our DraftKings ping, uh, pick of the week. <laughs> but $1, $1 on any basketball game this week. And if your team wins, you get $150 in free bets. Also, check out their same game parlays. You can do that for any game uh, tonight, tomorrow, any time this week. We've got a long ways until football season, but DraftKings has you covered for everything else you need leading up till there. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Start your account off with $150 in free bets by using the code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And Ryan, I mentioned that DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. There's something that I noticed last week, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. It's probably going to be the biggest bet that I ever place. Now, you do have to wait on this for a long time, but I'm in love with it. And maybe you got to tell me if I just had my crimson glasses on. I'm going to go so hard (laughs) on Alabama national champions. And then that way I'm just going to sit back the rest of the season and say I don't have to bet on these individual games because I've got all my money out there. They're only plus 225 to win the whole thing, which is not that good. But you know what I thought of? Man, when it comes down to Alabama and Georgia and the national championship game or Alabama-Ohio State and Alabama's minus 200, I'm going to say, damn, I wish I had them plus 225. And that's what I'm going to have. They have the two best players in the country coming back. One's at the quarterback position. The other's on defense with Will Anderson. They got the best head coach in the country. They just lost, which I like that they lost and they're coming back. It, they're easy, easy favorites to win. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be placing that bet. That's great. Uh, I'll tell you on that for sure. I might love it. 
I might need to like parlay it with something just to give me a more uh a, like a little sooner dose of dopamine. <laughs> right. Um like oh like Nikola Jokic MVP and Alabama <laughs> the national title. Um that you know just to you know give me that little little boost yep. to keep me going. Yeah. Yep. Um mine you're going to have to wait till tomorrow which I normally wouldn't make you do but That's a lot sooner than mine. Yes it is. Um, tomorrow here at the DNVR bar, we've got a double header, mm. same time mm. nuggets and abs, both on the TVs at the same time. I believe it's going to be abs game sound tomorrow, but abs golden Knights, 8 PM puck drop nuggets, warriors, 8 PM tip off. We're going abs Come nuggets on. parlay. Yes. Abs nuggets. Yes. It's called the immaculate vibes parlay because if you're down <laughs> here at the bar and it hits, the vibes will be immaculate. So uh, get in on that. It should be a good time. And come hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe uh, Ryan Green, uh, the the man of the hour at the, DNVR. Uh, Mr. DNVR, yes, Ryan Green. Yes. Uh, the man, Fantastic Twitter handle, he's, too. He's going to be down here hanging out, creating uh, some awesome video content. So you could be a part of history. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the first... I believe the first DNVR Ryan Green vlog. Oh man, that's going to be so good. And you guys have to stay tuned to everything that he's got coming with the entire company, but also with our beat. We're going to have some pretty sweet things. Yes. And we love things at DNVR where the second name is green mm. or greens mm. like beautiful, our friends beautiful. over at athletic greens. Um, the, this stuff is awesome. Like legitimately awesome. Yep. Um, when they sent it over, you know, you just never know. You never know if you're going to like the product or not when a place wants to advertise with us. Yep. Um, they said, hey, you know, eight ounces of water in the morning, mix it in there, have it on an empty stomach, and just see what happens. Just, you know, mm-hmm. just see how, how you feel. And, Zach, I legitimately feel amazing. Like, after I have my athletic greens, I deal with, like, a lot of heartburn stuff i mean i spend way too much time at a bar um so you know there's a lot of stuff here that uh leads you down the road to heartburn yeah um and ever since i started having my athletic greens in the morning very little to none like even the super bowl which is like the official heartburn day of the year we talked about how many buckets you had yes exactly seltzers wings nachos all the stuff very mild uh, easily treatable. And so I, I'm giving a lot of credit to athletic greens for making me feel better, better gut health. Um, a lot, just like a nice little energy boost in the morning makes you feel fresh. It has that kind of like whatever the opposite of like the guilt you have when you eat like French toast in the morning. Like, right. I feel like I just had dessert. For yeah. breakfast. It's like the, it has the opposite feel. You yeah. feel like, Oh, I just started off the day with some greens. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I call it the athletic greens glow. You can tell when someone walks into the office here at DNVR, if they had their athletic greens that morning. So yep. check it out. Um, and right now, if you buy from them, they're going to give you a free one year supply of immune, immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. The, uh, the travel packs are huge to have too. Yep. So you don't have to bring your canister with Especially you. Especially for you. You're from... going every, every other week. Yep. I haven't missed it. I haven't, uh, forgot my athletic greens once. So head over to athleticgreenscom slash Broncos and get in on that awesome deal. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. You will feel better. Quick tip, which I discovered today. I'm bad. I'm actually pretty good at listening to directions. But for this, I wasn't. I like to chug 16 ounces of water in the morning when I wake up. So I've been putting the Athletic Greens in 16 ounces of water. It tastes fine. Today, I listened to the re- directions, did eight ounces. 
I actually enjoyed the taste. It, it tasted, uh, when, when I did it with 16 ounces, I tasted a little citrus. Today it was like sweet citrus. Yeah. And I was like, yes, this is it now. So then you just put eight ounces more in your exactly. cup and, exact- and wash yep. down whatever was yep. left on the side. It's exactly what I do. And Ryan, really quick for your DraftKings pick of the week, to parlay Jokic MVP and Alabama, Plus 1265. I may have to do that with you. That's nice. I will say I have to flex a little bit. I already have Jokic from early in the year at like plus 1875. Wow. 1875. And right now over at DraftKings, he's second at plus 320. Oh, he moved up a little bit. What's what's Embiid at right now? Uh, 140. Oh, yikes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I believe tonight is the first Embiid-Harden game. Yep. Um, And I'm really hoping that that the usage that comes away from Embiid uh, hurts them. And maybe like there's some, I need like a dust up. Maybe they end up not liking each other. Just, just give it a couple of weeks, maybe even just a couple of days. Yep. I love all the videos of Harden. People are like, look how happy he is, man. He was really (laughs) bummed out in Brooklyn. It's like, do you not remember we just did this exact yep. same thing right yep. before he went to Brooklyn? And yep. as soon as he got there, wow, look how happy. Yep. Like yep. A year and a half. It was like five months ago. Yes. It, it, it was like, wow, he was so sad in Houston. Look how happy he is here. It's also like he didn't have a good player with him in Brooklyn either. No, oh, he my was God. Freaking stacked as well. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> there we go. So still, the Alabama national champions one is really good yeah thank you thank you i love it you can probably like even if you didn't want to let it ride all the way you probably close to double your money some point during the season when they're like eight and oh or something exactly exactly great great stuff great stuff all right what was the question you wanted to pose Mm. to me in this second segment we talk about this coaching staff being very young right now the broncos don't have a solution at quarterback a big time solution so my question to you is ryan are the broncos rebuilding Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Um, I think at least naturally their inclination is chase a quarterback and go for a Super Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's a little bit of a thought in their mind of, okay, if we don't hit big, then let's see what happens. Um and someone was asking me the other day, like, what is what do I think the chances are of Drew Locke starting next year? I think it's really low. But I, I'm starting it's starting to come up a little bit for me. Where I'm seeing this this thought of, okay, you know, let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and, and I'm not gonna say it's like an intentional tank job, because I personally believe if you give Drew Locke an opportunity in this offense, he's going to be too good for you to tank. Mm. Um I you know, I've seen enough from him where I like there's obviously the Drew Locke lovers out there who are yeah. saying, give Drew a chance. He can take this team to the playoffs, There's which might be a little unrealistic. There's the Drew Locke haters who are like, start Drew Locke. We'll go 0-16. <laughs> I think both sides are wrong. Right. Um, it's somewhere in between, which isn't great, but I could see a scenario where they're saying, well, let's not go invest and chase a Teddy Bridgewater again just to miss the playoffs. Let's, let's uh, sink or swim with Drew Locke. Right. And maybe – you succeed maybe you do hit and all the people who love drew lock are saying you're all idiots we told you so or maybe things go terribly wrong mm-hmm. and all the people who hated him you know i think it's kind of like the 80 20 or the the 80 10 10 type of thing 80 percent of scenarios i think the broncos end up somewhere between five and nine wins Great. And 10% are on either side. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really like that. And it's crazy where the Broncos are right now. 
I don't think it's crazy to say that the Broncos are rebuilding or close to rebuilding. It's also not crazy to say that the Broncos are Super Bowl contenders if they get a top-notch quarterback. It is so weird the cusp they are on of being Super Bowl contenders if they get one thing. But let's say they don't get the big quarterback. The best thing for them to do is, is keep Drew Locke, is draft a rookie with that number nine overall pick. Don't go after Kirk Cousins. Don't go after Jimmy Garoppolo. The last thing we need, Ryan, is Teddy Bridgewater or someone like Teddy Bridgewater here to guarantee five or six wins with this team. That's the last thing you need. I would be 100% okay going into this season with Drew Locke as a starting quarterback, with uh, Sam Howell as a starting quarterback with number nine. However, You have to play that guy this year and let him and the coaching staff sink or swim on their own. And then you know what? If it sinks, then you have to decide. George Payton has to decide. Was it the quarterback? Is this quarterback better than the quarterbacks next year? If not, you draft a quarterback next year. You don't worry about the Josh Rosen scenario. You do exactly what the Arizona Cardinals did. If you think it was all the coaching staff, you blow them out. Just like the Arizona Cardinals did a couple years before Kyler Murray. They had a coach for one year, realized he wasn't the guy, moved on from him. Do you even remember who that person was? (sighs) I think he was just hired to be a defensive (laughs) coordinator somewhere. But no, to answer your question. And then they went went on and got Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, yeah. That one's hard to forget. This is something where it's crazy. Right now, the Broncos are closer to rebuilding than contending for a Super Bowl. And if they don't get the quarterback... Don't just try to stay afloat because with your coaching staff, you're not trying to stay afloat right now. You didn't hire Doug Marone to come in to be a safe option as your offensive line coach to be there for Nathaniel Hackett when he needs help. No, you said we're going to go all in on this Nathaniel Hackett experiment, give him everything he wants, do the exact same thing at the quarterback position, go all in with whatever you're doing. Don't bring in uh, a Teddy Bridgewater or, or one of these guys. If you can get a Matt Stafford, a.k.a. a guy who you're going to trade two first-round picks for, who you're going to go all in around, do it. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, if Deshaun Watson comes available. If not, rebuild. And you know what? Let's say you try to rebuild with Drew Locke, and Drew Locke says, I'm too good to rebuild. You're going to have a winning record, and you're going to feel great about where you're going in the future. Yep. I think the coach's name was Steve Wilkes. Yes, exactly. Um, he got he got a raw deal, to be fair. He did. Um, but it's just crazy how, like, a, co- like a, a coach in the NFL just in and out, and yep. no one really ever talks about him again. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this. I think, to me, I would much rather go with Malik Willis and take the big, big gamble. And that's what it is. Um, now he, it has this thing where the further, the closer we get to the draft, the more and more in love me yep. and others are yep. going to fall with him. Um, because that's just what happens when, you know, uh, you're in the draft process. It happens with almost everyone, especially the ones with the more tantalizing athletic abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, it's like, put him in this structured offense, which is really designed to make quarterbacks better. Like that's the whole point of the offense is it makes things easier on quarterbacks. It makes them better. Um, If you're looking for an example, just look uh, a little bit to the West where there's a team hoisting the Lombardi trophy right now, where the West coast system took Matthew Stafford from very good quarterback to Super Bowl champion. Uh, And he and Cooper cup are incredible. It's because this offense is designed to elevate quarterbacks. Uh, and so you take Malik Willis, who is inconsistent, and his tape has flashes of brilliance and flashes of scariness. 
and you say, let's put him in this offense and let's let it ride. And if it fails, great. Like yep. you said, run it back. Yep. Go take yep. Bryce Young. Go take CJ Stroud yep. and do the same thing all over again. Yep. yep, 100%, Ryan. And I have never been on this train before. But if you draft a quarterback in the first round, he starts from day one. And the reason I haven't been on this train, I didn't think Paxson deserved it because no. he came in, he didn't earn it, he didn't do anything, and Trevor was a guy that did the opposite. He did not come in with the high expectations where he knew he was just going to be given the job. He earned it, but now it's a different circumstance because you have two, maybe three really good quarterbacks in the draft next year. And if your rookie quarterback is going to be so bad, He's probably going to put you in a position to get one of those guys. If he's going to be good enough to move you away from those guys, he's probably the guy you want to build around. But how much did the Bears benefit by playing Andy Dalton at the beginning of last year? Literally none. None. What did the Jacksonville Jaguars, maybe the only good thing that Urban Meyer did, <laughs> was let Trevor Lawrence, and it took him long enough to name Trevor Lawrence the starter, which sure was did. stupid. What did one thing Bill Belichick did? He He's kind of viewed as maybe a conservative guy. No, he cut Cam Newton and said, Mac, you're playing from the start. That's exactly what the Denver Broncos would need to do. And you know what? I trust George Payton that he would do that. Because what did George Payton do last year? He built around his coach. He said, Vic, I'm giving you one year to prove. What do you want? You want a cornerback? You want another cornerback? I'll get you your cornerback. Hey, you know what? I'll get you a veteran quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. He did everything for Vic that he needed to do realistically. This year, I hope it's not that's George Payton's plan every year. I hope he builds around Nathaniel Hackett and says, Nathaniel, you don't want a, a journeyman quarterback. You want a young guy. We're going to give you that first overall pick. Yeah, or the ninth overall pick. Right, but right, right. First pick you have. Yeah. Um, some people in the comments, it's so funny just how – like the narrative can shift people are saying willis is a reach at nine meanwhile in my head i'm saying i don't even know if he's there at nine i totally agree and, i don't think he's there and that's so crazy yeah. um but i think at this time last year we were probably saying the same thing about justin fields yep. he won't be there at nine yeah he was there at nine yep. um and i still think the broncos made the wrong decision yep. although they did the one thing that i said you better do which is if you don't go quarterback, you better hit. And they did hit. They did. So good good on you. You got a part of the equation right. Mm -hmm. I still would have gone Justin Fields number nine. We'll see how that works out in the long run. I also don't understand what the hell the Chicago Bears are doing. Um, not giving him, you know, uh, his offensive – guy so weird to coach him it just makes no sense to me teams just either overthink things or just don't think about things at all and i'm not quite sure which one the bears are doing but it makes no sense whatever they're doing or not doing so ryan if if the broncos want to uh, you know secretly tank what's the worst option they would realistically go with at quarterback this year I have no idea. I mean, it would probably be Drew Locke. And I agree with you. And that that's no offense to I, Drew I, Locke. I don't mean that as an insult, but they're no. not going to purposefully downgrade from him. Right. They're not going to downgrade. And also, how much do you have to invest in Drew Locke? Nothing. 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 And so if that's the way they go and they don't bring anyone in and you have Brett Rippon and Drew Locke, they're saying we're going to trust Nathaniel Hackett to try to turn him into something. And if he does, great. If not... This is a plan that George Payton is sticking by Nathaniel Hackett after this year and buying into the long term, which is a rebuild. Let me defend that really quick, just so, again, we don't get taken yeah, out of context. Yeah. There, it, I can't imagine a scenario where they would go with a quarterback who has proven less than Drew Locke in the NFL 
and is less of an investment than Drew Locke. Yep. Meaning, if you go with someone who's proven less than him, it's probably a rookie, mm-hmm. which you invested in. Yep. And if you go with someone who's cheaper than him, I, I don't I actually don't even know if that's possible. Yeah. Um, it would be like, like Blake Bortles. Exactly. You <laughs> nailed it on the head. That's what it's stress says, Ryan. That is the right answer right there. I mean, but I don't even think, I think with his, I actually think with how long he's been in the NFL, mm-hmm. the minimum that you could pay him would still be more, be more than, Drew. than Drew. You're probably right. So Drew yep. is, is the lowest investment with the least proven possible quarterback they could go with exactly exactly and you know what where the broncos are it's not a bad thing and i would be all for it because i don't even i'm not care i i'm not sold that drew would be a complete failure ryan but it would be a great place to be if the broncos can't get an all-time great quarterback this offseason man what an interesting place to be what mm-hmm. an interesting place to be and i love what you said there just about they're kind of in between yeah Super Bowl contender and rebuild. Yeah. And it's not a good place to be if you stay there. Yeah. If you can find a way to dig your way out to one way or the other, and no one, I, I think the Broncos are in such a bad position to tank. Yes, Kale? Okay. So Drew Locke's base salary is like 1.01 next year. Oof. The vet minimum is like 785. Okay. Oh. So it's like very minuscule of a difference. Right, yeah. If you right. want to tank. <laughs> Go Blake. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, but. <laughs> I think you are. Um, yeah, that's there's the idea right there. And they actually, it actually makes sense. There's a hacking connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, I'm going to recapture the, the Jacksonville magic, which, <laughs> yeah. my God, people in this oh, town would boy. lose their mind. <laughs> people would be so out on George Payton, so out on Nathaniel Hackett. Just say trust the process. In yeah. one... Yep. Yep. In one, you just have to slide it in there. Yep, in one, yep. bring uh, the 76ers guy back for this year, right? And just be like, "Hey, look, you know, we really like, we really like Blake, and we just, <laughs> I just need you guys to trust the process." Boom, we all get. It. <laughs> I, I, you know, I come on the podcast every day. I say they're tanking. It's okay. Everyone, calm down. Yeah. Uh, wow, it wouldn't be sexy, but no. you know what's sexy? What sexy pizza? Oh man! I know twelve forty-five right now. That yep. is pizza o'clock. Yep. Uh, sexy pizza, uh, delicious, delicious stuff. Uh, I always talk about their little like green chili. It's like a green chili. They have a green chili and sausage. I think they have mm-hmm. a green chili and pep one as well. Mm-hmm. So delicious. Um, they've got the philanthropies, which every one you buy they're all specialty pies everyone you buy a little bit goes back to a nonprofit in colorado which of course we love it's a true colorado company just like us we love supporting them they love supporting us it's match made in heaven so if you're thinking pizza tonight maybe you had like a fancy valentine's day deal uh meal last night you want to go easy tonight order in some pizza hit up sexy pizza smart very smart you know it pairs very well with sexy pizza Breck brews breck brews exactly (laughs) pizza and beer i've actually never had Sexy pizza without Breck Brews. Oh, I was going to say, they what, go, you're crazy. Yeah. They go hand in yeah, hand. They, they go hand in hand, just like at our tailgates. I mean, it's a, it's a match made in heaven. That's why we have it at our tailgates. And boy, you got to go on the Breck Brew Finder. All you have to do is breckbrew.com. Top right-hand corner of their screen, there's a beer, brew finder. And that won't just help you find Breck Brews. It'll help you find exact specific brews that you're looking for. Of course, if you don't want to look online, just come down to the DNVR bar where we have so many delicious Breck Brews. And uh, if you can't make it to the bar, check out that Breck Brew Finder to get the delicious Breckenridge beer. Good company. Seltzer, if mm. that's what you're looking for. Some people I know, call them crazy, like to pour it over ice. Lime, uh, a little lime. lime in there as well. And you can get yourself a delicious seltzer. So check out everything they have at Breck Brew. All right. Um, 
Talk to the people. Let's talk to the people. And I think we had a lot of super chats. Whoa, today. super chat city. Uh, the homie Brian says, "Shout out to the best sports coverage team around." I love that. I don't know why that just reminded me of a really funny um, uh, Instagram caption I saw uh, from who's uh, I think her name's Annie Agar. Okay, she's the one who does the impressions yeah, of yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. the yep, Zoom yep, meetings. She's great. Um, she said, uh, I provided more coverage at the Super Bowl than Eli Apple. <laughs> oh, brutal. I was like, that is so savage and <laughs> oh amazing. Oh, my gosh, it is. I, that feels like a Jerry Judy line. It does. It does. <laughs> um, Eli Apple is taking a beating. Yes, he is. I mean, <laughs> yes. Jesus. No. oh my god yikes oh my goodness i mean that's what happens when you open your mouth right then then there was uh, i think it was uh manuel acho said or maybe it was i think it was him said um an apple hasn't ruined this many lives since the garden of eden oh my (laughs) gosh wow he's on blast right now. yeah yeah jerry judy doesn't even have to say anything everyone else that's the best when you just sit back yeah exactly (laughs) uh next one from jacob Boys, I think we're starting to look at Kenny Pickett as our starting quarterback uh, in 2022. I'm both excited and scared at the thought. Hopefully that works out. Zach, your thoughts? You know what? If you don't get a – you might as well take a swing this Mm -hmm. year uh, on a quarterback at nine. If you're not trading up, you can afford to do that. Use your first-round pick. Take a swing. Just like we said, start him right away. If his hands are too small and you find that out out right away, you hope you get some cold-weather games where he can't throw the ball (laughs) and you you tank uh, like it should go. But Kenny Pickett, one thing I love about him, he's athletic. And, Ryan, just like something you say, uh, especially if you don't have everything to to be good right Right away, which very few quarterbacks do as a rookie, he has that athleticism that can help him while he builds the mental side of the game, which I really like. Uh, and he's also a really smart guy. You pair those two things together and pair that with the right system, the right coaching staff, that, that can turn into a very good quarterback. It's so weird because Kenny Pickett has a lot of the things that I usually value in quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, athleticism, you know, accuracy, uh, there's just something about him that I can't, I really don't like. He, I, I, I agree with that. He doesn't jump out to me as a, as a great quarterback, even though he had a great season last year. And one thing that I just can't get by, I know for a fact George Payton is a big hand-sized guy. And Kenny Pickett has small hands. Interesting. I, I'm a big one-glove-at-most guy, and he wears two. <laughs> he does wear two. It's so hard for me. <laughs> well, what, what did you say the nickname was for him, Kenny Kenny two gloves was it just that simple maybe it was oh I, yes because it's just like Teddy two gloves yeah Kenny two Kenny gloves, two gloves. Yep. I can't do it I cannot <laughs> um and like the loose sleeve uh, loose yeah, long fabulous. sleeves it, what are we doing it, it just reminds me of not me because I wore tight sleeves but what I would have been like if I were to wear loose sleeves it just makes you look like so it's like there's so a week there was like a kid uh, like remember when like under armor became like the thing you yep. had to, but then there was like yep. one kid on your team who just wore like a long sleeve yep. t-shirt <laughs> yep, the cotton and, well one. everyone else was, <laughs> yeah. and like that's what it looks like yep, it does Kills and that's me. not the swagger you want and that's not a quarterback evaluation but <laughs> i'm just telling you i'm trying to figure out why i like i would have if baker mayfield had done the fake slide yep. i would be like greatest move of all time <laughs> right <laughs> something about kenny like, pickett i'm like ah, that was so weak dude i can't believe he did that to the defenders that's just wrong i can't believe he's abusing his power like that if he does that in the nfl he's gonna get his head taken off yes he is that's easily worth 15 yards yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Next one from Dylan Smith says, Hey guys, not my choice or preference. However, my prediction is we miss on Rodgers and Wilson and Drew Locke starts. They build around him. Scary, but I think that's what happens. Love five shows a week. We always do five shows a week. Yeah, we do. I guess one on the weekend. Right, right. Would be in season Mm. Sunday through Thursday instead of Monday through Friday. Right, right. Um, I, d- I don't see it just because of some of the comments we've heard of like yeah. oh, the quarterbacks that we bring in, you know, like not the quarterbacks that we have or the ones that are around. It's it's doesn't feel like the Broncos believe in Drew Locke and that's just where it is. I don't know. And I agree. And just the one other thing about going into a complete rebuild into a season is the the general manager and head coach can be on the same page about that right now but the owner can't be on the same page and the owner decides both of their fates. So that's just one reason why George Payton may say, shoot, I want to go the rebuild route, but my job's on the line. I've got to go and get a Kirk cousins or something to make sure that this new owner doesn't fire me in a couple of, in a couple of months when this season goes straight. Yep. Big super chat here from Taylor Ooh. O'Neill. Appreciate all of the super chats. Uh, especially this one. He says, I don't know why I'm still excited about Drew Locke. Do you think Hackett wants to give him another chance? Try to continue to develop him even more. What kind of season would you expect if Drew returned as a starter? Uh, I I personally don't think that that Hackett likes or dislikes Drew. I think he has other visions in mind, and I think that's something that George Payton also has. So I do think Drew is a fourth or fifth option for this team. Yeah. I So uh, I was talking to Big Drive Spence here on Super Bowl Sunday, and he was like, I can like envision a world where Drew Locke starts – and it works. And I can like, he's like, I could get myself excited about that with Nathaniel Hackett. And I got to be honest, I'm not completely off of that. Mm. Like the best football we've seen Drew Locke play was in this system. Um, and so can I envision a world where, you know, Javante Williams is running like great uh, outside zone and breaking tackles. And then Drew Locke's coming off a of play action and, and you know, ripping crossing routes to Jerry Judy. I really can't. Mm-hmm. I really can. But I just don't think that that's where the Broncos want to go. Yep. I, I totally agree with you. Thank you guys for the super chats, Ryan. Should we dive into the comment section? Let's do it. All right. First one coming in from Broncology. Did you see the tick, TikTok clip of Vaughn in deep emotion and inflection with his when his teammates were all partying, realizing how big the moment is, realizing he may never be there again? Maybe missing the Broncos? Guess time will tell. Thanks for the coverage as always. I think there's a, a wave of emotions there, and I did see it, and it was really powerful. Uh, I think the biggest thing on his mind was Demarius Thomas. Absolutely, with it, without a doubt. And Ryan, there's I saw more post game stuff yesterday with Vaughn, and you know, asked about coming back to the Rams. He said all of the right things, but there was just no commitment mm. to to him. And right when you win a Super Bowl, you're you're wearing those colors still, and there's no commitment. I mean, maybe it's just a negotiating tactic, but I thought. Boy, he's had every opportunity to buy into the Rams for for at least one more year, and he just hasn't. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm still leaning he's back in Denver. Mm. Um, next one from Nemo3. Solid D-plus on the Sapphires. Ooh. WTF. <laughs> Settled for second and third choices, taking a flyer on damn near the whole staff. We have interns as position coaches. Albeit if we get Aaron Rodgers, none of this matters. I'm still uneasy on the talent acquisition for this staff. Pretty evident the buddy system is fully in effect here. I can't blame anyone yeah. who feels this way. Exactly. There's absolutely nothing I can point to to say this is why you're wrong about it. Yeah. I can just say 
I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what happens. You know what's wild? Only one person on this staff is taking a demotion. Typically, you see that a lot because a head coach gets fired. You hire Vic Fangio to be your defensive coordinator. Clint Kubiak is the only guy taking a demotion. Everyone else pretty much getting a step up. And only a few guys staying at the same spot they were. Clint Kubiak, offensive coordinator of the Vikings last year, now taking a demotion. He was only the offensive coordinator for one year, so it's not like he's taking a massive demotion. I would actually feel better about this staff if Clint Kubiak was the offensive coordinator and Justin Outen had his job. Wow. How about why? Because the experience? Yeah, and I just... It's like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, no, very they, they, there's a proven commodity there. Man, and even more so, Kirk Cousins will be coming here. I did like seeing that um, when Hackett went to the game, he was with Outen. Yeah. Vic Fangio went to a couple games. I'm pretty sure he was just by himself, by himself every time. Yep, yep. And you just love they're they're sitting in normal seats drinking beers. I think Outen had a had a, just a, a Colorado beer or something. Yep, yep. Hopefully they had Breck Brews. We'll we'll have to turn them on to yeah, Breck Brews. Yeah, we will. Um, from Melbourne Bronco. Hey guys, all the garbage regarding Kyler Murray is frustrating. Everyone is a product of their environment. While his body language is poor, nobody but he knows the reasons why. Surely lessons learned regarding Micah Parsons' pre-draft drama. The Cowboys had the brains to draft him for his ability and ignore the issues, and he was outstanding in his rookie year. Any team that trusted staff to, mo- uh, to model a person to become great will be rewarded. Denver should be thinking the same. Cheers. One thing about Kyler, though, is this goes back to college. It goes back to high school, as some of our commenters bro- brought up last last week. Uh, this is something that you would have to change about him. I don't think the Cardinals ruined him. I Obviously, they didn't fix him, but I don't think it's just Mm-mm. an Arizona problem. No, and obviously the Cardinals didn't use it against him in the draft process. Right. They said, forget it. We're taking talent over everything, which is what the, what the exactly what the Cowboys did with uh, Micah Parsons. And... We'll see. It's just different when you're a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The one position where you really can't get away with having an attitude. Um, and, and I don't mean just, you know, having attitude. I mean, having an attitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, too cool for school. Too good to listen to, the, you know, what you're being told. That sort of thing. And I'm not, I don't, I'm not in those meetings. I'm not in those buildings. Um, so I don't know if that's what's happening. That's certainly what's being insinuated by the leaks that are coming out of there. And it's just, we talk about it. Four people on the same page, right? Owner, GM, coach, quarterback. It does not feel like Kyler's playing that, playing along with that game. No way. And this is not the last time we're going to talk about Kyler. Last week, honestly, I thought it was going to be a one-and-done topic for mm-hmm. us, but we had to talk about it. It was a fun thing to talk about. This is real. And I think Kyler could be put out there. Maybe not traded, but they may try to threaten him in that way. He may try to threaten to the Cardinals. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, obviously I follow follow a lot of people in Arizona because of PHNX. Yep. They it is like torn over yep. there. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's got it's probably even more toxic than what we've dealt with around here because there's <laughs> yep. an actual good player being discussed. Yep. Um and one thing I saw someone say cuz you know, PHNX Cardinals just tweeted out, "Whose side are you on? The brass?" or Kyler Mm -hmm. and someone said "Hmm, let me think about this the person who's succeeded at every single level of their football uh career or the third worst franchise in NFL history wow yep (laughs) it's like okay yep good point yep it is a good point (laughs) and also the most important position in sports we know what it's like yep You, you have that position you're fine you don't you're in trouble. Yep, exactly. Uh, from Lou Drock, Chaps, it feels like we're going to uh, hear news of Roger's decision any moment now. My question for you is how do you think this breaks? A, 
a Schefter or Rappaport bomb, B, a Rodgers or Packers statement, um, or C, a trade package and team already agreed. I'm fascinated to see how it all unfolds. Cheers, Charlie. A Schefter report specifically, I think, is how we figure this out. He's very tied in with both of those camps. Uh, I don't think we, we just see a trade happen. I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to be put on the market, remember, he has a little say in where he goes, but he's not just going to be able to dictate the trade. The Packers, I imagine, are going to want to make a bidding war if this happens. So we'll hear Aaron Rodgers has informed the team that he wants to be traded. He will not be back with them next year. And then, boom, he hits the market and and offers are starting to roll in. We're going to hear Aaron Rodgers has agreed to a two-year extension worth $90 million and up to $100 million in incentives, and that'll be the end of that. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. Sadly, <laughs> I, I think that's the first time I've ever publicly said that, but over the last week, that's where I feel like we're going. And I agree. I don't, I don't know. I mean, $45 million. Like, he wins, you know? Either way, yep. he ends up winning. He He's almost 40 years old. Yep. And I guess he would be 40 years old in the second season of that contract. He's going to get paid 40. You know, you've heard of shooting your age in golf. (laughs) This is making more in millions than your age. Man, that is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, it is. Maybe we'll have a deeper conversation on it tomorrow about why you feel that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Next one from Peyton Manning, YT. My boys, what's good? There was a, a report that Nathaniel Hackett, quote, has told members of his team he is pushing hard, unquote, to reunite with the four-time NFL most valuable player via blockbuster trade this offseason. Of course, I'm sure anyone would want Aaron, but I feel like Denver is the most likely spot. I also feel like Hackett and Rodgers are closer than we think. How long until Rodgers makes his decision? It does feel like it's coming soon um, if it's going to be he's going back to Green Bay. If not, mm-hmm. then I think this drags out all the way up until the week of the draft. Mm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I did see that report. I mean, I would assume, of course, he's saying that. That's exactly my, my thing with it is what else would he be saying? I'm sure that's his plan A, as it should be his plan A. It should be almost everyone in the NFL's plan A. But – I don't think that's going, you know, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers ever questioned that. So that doesn't change anything with Rodgers or the Packers. What do you think Aaron Rodgers told Nathaniel Hackett about this? I think he said, I'm going to miss you. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So then why would Nathaniel Hackett still be saying that? Uh, because he, he he's hoping that things just go wrong. Okay. All I right. think. I think Aaron Rodgers said... Mighty fine out there in Denver. I might see you soon. <laughs> that would be the most Aaron Rodgers thing ever. Essentially saying, we'll see if I see you. Said, I've, I've, got a, <laughs> I've got a great recommendation for cowboy hats while you're <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then his fiance and him potentially maybe broke up, and he says, I never want to step foot in that state again. Mm, well, Billy Eilish, you make me hate this city. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. He goes on and says, my take, it will be revealed that Rodgers told Hackett, if you get a head coach job in Denver, I'm coming with you. By Aaron himself, after many cryptic tweets involving him thanking the Packers and sharing wonderful things about Hackett, the Packers won't let Aaron go, so he threatens to retire, and the Packers do the sensible thing and at least get something for him. Devontae Adams can't stand playing without a Hall of Fame-type quarterback and gets tagged and traded with Aaron. The deal, Packers receive Bradley Chubb, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, <laughs> three firsts, Two of this year's second and one 2023 Ooh. second. Broncos receive Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Broncos only re-sign Callahan and let 
uh, just about everyone walk and sign Hassan Reddick in the offseason. Also, side note, when Rodgers retires at the end of the 2026 season, Devonta Adams signs with the Niners and gets two more rings with Tom Brady. Sorry for the long comment. Thanks to keep up the great work. <laughs> I love it, Peyton Manning, YT. Let's just change one thing there. Instead of Hassan Reddick, who's going to get paid a lot, it's Von Miller that they bring back. Mm. Man, that would probably be one of the – that would be the biggest, the biggest. Block, blockbuster yeah. in NFL history. Yep, Those absolutely. types of deals just don't happen. No, we're talking – and also the Broncos would be trading Bradley Chubb was one first-round pick. Jerry Judy was another first-round pick. Then three real first-round picks. We're up to five first-round picks, plus Cortland Sutton, who's a pro bowler, second-round second pick, pick, and Javante Williams, who's a second-round pick, and – Three, Three more seconds. seconds. So we're Three. talking five first round picks. Six seconds. Oh my goodness, that is insane. Five first, six seconds, uh, for four players. Yep. And two very good. Uh, yep. two, two elite ones. Yep. One okay one and one meh one. That would be crazy. That'd that. be great. Uh, sign me up though. I'm oh all for God, it, baby. We would have a heyday <laughs> over here. I'm not sure we'd ever leave these mics. Yeah, probably not. Just <laughs> 24-hour yep, marathon yep. discussing the trade. We have bathrooms in the bar. We have food. We have alcohol. We have water. We're good. I kind of now I'm like inspired to do this. Just for fun. Can we do <laughs> yeah. like a 24-hour streaming marathon for charity? That'd be a blast. Yeah, we got everything we need. This is a good idea. <laughs> Bronk Oilers. Morning, gents. Has the coaching search and interview process influenced your perception of the hire? I've always liked Hackett's energy and personality, but had my doubts about his acumen as a play caller and the staff he'd put together. Especially now seeing the level of inexperience in the coaching staff, it gives me confidence that the evaluation process was lengthy, thorough, and that Hackett wasn't necessarily the first choice, and the reactions around the league seem to be similar. Everyone is happy for Hackett the person. There's questions around Hackett the head coach. Mm, that That's interesting. I haven't seen the questions nationally about Hackett as a head coach yet, uh, but just like Ryan said when someone questioned Hackett's staff earlier, I can't disagree with you. No. It, it, I mean, he, he's taking a massive gamble with it with all of these hires. It could play out great where the Broncos hit on all these guys and they're being poached and the Broncos are in the playoffs and competing and they've developed a quarterback or it could turn out awful. And you know what the worst case is from there that they have a good draft pick and you can either blow everyone out and start over. Or you can just hope that these guys turn out to be good a second year. Coaching is, is such a crap shoot. Um, you would think that hiring Mike Munchak should give you a top five offensive line in the NFL, right? Yep. Never worked out that way. Yep. Um, now I'm not taking a shot at him. Uh, he's an amazing coach and was an amazing player. But it's just not as cut and dry as get the best coach, get the best results. No, absolutely not. Um, it's not. more about getting the best coach for the for the people. Right. And you just never know what that's going to be. Yep. What did, what did Mike Munchak do? He turned Garrett Bowles around for a year. That was great. We saw a regression of Dalton Reisner. Cost the Broncos a bunch of money. <laughs> it cost the Broncos a lot of money. We didn't see anything from Lloyd Cushenberry. The right tackle position really was fixed because of guys they brought in. So you're right. You're not guaranteed anything with that. Next one from Zach Roth, 10. Good morning, fellas. Discovered the pod at the beginning of the season and haven't missed an episode all year. Yeah. So I finally pulled the trigger on a subscription. We, we got, got him. him. My question is, after another iconic Von Miller Super Bowl performance, I saw a lot of Broncos fans upset about the trade and saying that we would have won three or four more games this year if we would have kept him. I find it hard to believe, and I think being on that LA defense brought the best out of him just wanted to get your thoughts on this there is absolutely no evidence from any of von miller's time on the field in orange and blue this week this year that he would have provided any more wins 
No, absolutely not. And you, you also have to look. Von Miller wouldn't have been nearly as productive. He wouldn't have seven sacks or nine sacks in his final seven games. Nowhere close to that. He didn't do any anything compare, comparable to that stretch during any of his time with Vic Fangio. No, so it, it wouldn't have happened. Not only would the Broncos not have any more wins than they did, uh, Von Miller wouldn't have been the productive player he was out there in, in Los Angeles. So I, I'm also, with you, Zach. I don't agree with that. Three or four more wins and Vic Fangio's coming back for another he year. He is, and then Von Miller is probably not happy with his role here. Yeah. So, look, I get it. If he would have played as well as he played for the Rams, then yes, he would have won the Broncos games. But there's no evidence that he was going to do that. Yep, I completely agree. Final one here from Sir James says, uh, as men, as three men or two, depending on the line we're throwing out today, uh, who have traveled the nation, we need to know, is New York-style pizza better than Chicago-style pizza? This isn't even a fight. New York-style pizza is way better that's exactly where i was going <laughs> new york style is so good the extra thin crust yeah i mean yep. big slice yep. thin crust yep um that's pizza as it should be in my right. opinion i totally that agree. is not to say though that chicago style pizza isn't good in fact we had a big mm. conversation about this mm. at the office yesterday words were said people <laughs> people were yelling um you could Everyone's probably still on the staff probably guess who uh, who was yelling he, actually there's two options but uh, it was andre yep, yep uh, of course <laughs> And um, he was just really, you know, uh, going after Chicago style pizza as just an, an affront to mm. pizza. And I just, that's not right. Mm. New York style pizza is the best pizza, bar none, hands down. Chicago style pizza, also delicious. It's just not something that you can eat all the time. Coming from an Italian, though, I see why he's offended by the thought that someone would create Chicago-style pizza. Chicago-style pizza is really good. <laughs> it is. It's just it is. not in the same class. New York-style pizza is in a class of its own. Yep, it is. It's the best. It is the best. Uh, great question, and uh, great great show. Yeah, I loved this it. Is, this is fun. Thank you to everyone in the comments. Absolutely. Hit us with a like on your way out. Also, you're going to want to subscribe. I talked about Ryan Green joining the team. Yeah. The content on the YouTube channel is only going to get better and better so uh, become a subscriber of the youtube channel hit us with that thumbs up continue rolling in those five-star reviews on itunes we really appreciate those uh we thank you guys so much for tuning in and on our way out of here just want to give a shout out to green mountain dental group where you can schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free sonicare toothbrush uh we talk a lot about food here you got to keep those teeth nice and pearly and white depending no matter what you eat no matter what you drink um so check out our friends over at green mountain dental and have them take care of you they treat you like family because they're part of our family they're part of the dnvr family they supported us for a long time just like you guys uh so go check them out again thank you to everyone who tuned in and we'll be right back here same time same place tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast Fly.